We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am so excited to have Adam Pizzoni on the program today. Man, he is awesome. You're going to love it. We're going to talk about master scheduling, which is like the bane of every principal's existence and how he is working to fix that. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you have not yet, tomorrow is the launch of the Transformative Leadership Summit. So please make sure you sign up for that at transformativeleadershipsummit.com. And I would love to have you be part of that. That would be fantastic. And it is going to be an amazing conference. You are going to love it. So transformativeleadershipsummit.com. Make sure you check that out. And go ahead and get the all-access pass while you're there. It's still the discounted price. So I would definitely do that if I were you because there's a lot of awesome, great extras with that. So thanks so much and enjoy this interview with Adam Pizzoni. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am very excited to be speaking with Adam Pisoni, who I hope I said that right. I didn't even ask you. Close enough, Pisoni. Did I? <laughs> Pisoni, excuse yeah. me. All right. Adam Pisoni, thank you. And I apologize for my first <laughs> no mistake. Problem, no I'm problem. sure there will be more. So he is uh, the co founder, formerly, and CTO of Yammer, which, if you're using, if you're a Microsoft Office 365 school, then you probably have that turned on. I know we do in my district. But now he is moved into education and starting with uh, Able Schools, which is a school scheduling software. And all of the principal's years just peaked up because 
school scheduling is a nightmare, Adam, as I'm sure you know. So let's talk first a little bit about your background. Just tell me a little bit more about how you got into doing Yammer and then how you decided to go into the ed tech market. Well, sure. I um, I mean, I've been doing startups since uh, 1995, I guess, when I had my first uh, web development company that ran to 2001 and kind of bounced between startups and then through a you know, set of circumstances, I ended up meeting up with David Zacks, who was the founder of a company before uh, Yammer called Genie. And before that, he was the COO of PayPal. And um, yeah, when he went to start Yammer, he asked me if I'd uh, co-founded as the technical leader. And so we founded Yammer back in 2007 or eight. And then uh, four years later, Microsoft uh, acquired us and I stayed there a couple of years before leaving and deciding that I wanted to do something in education. And so why education? Why education? <laughs> well, my personal K-12 experience wasn't that positive, even though I'm a lifelong learner that loves to learn. And and I just really, at the time even, had a sense that it really mattered where you went to school uh, as to whether you were going to have a, a positive experience or not. And, uh, and mine wasn't that positive. And that frustrated me. I saw other kids in other public schools even that were just significantly better than mine. And, uh, and I could see what an impact that would have on people's access to opportunity in future. So even though I didn't go back in education, you know, I went to technology, I think it was something that was in the back of my head that I really wanted to figure out how to make education uh, better and also more equitable uh, so that people, you know, had had more equitable access to opportunity. That is so important. You know, I I went to five different elementary schools and three different high schools and spent one year in a junior high and moving around a whole bunch and going to all those different schools. I felt the same way, and that's a large reason why I'm in education is mm. because. I didn't think that I had a very good experience either. And so, you know, as a principal now, my goal is that no matter how long kids are in my school, they need to have the best experience they possibly can because I can control some of that. And so I'm working hard for similar reasons as you. I didn't feel like I had what I really needed. And so now you're in in the industry and you are solving a problem that nobody outside of education understands and very few people inside of education understand and that is school scheduling. So talk a little bit about how you found out about this problem that you seem to understand very well because your your software seems to answer the the problems very clearly. How did you know that this was a problem and how did you come to recognize this it was something that you could help with? Yeah, I mean, after I, I left Yammer and decided to give back a little more and felt very you know fortunate for the experiences I had and, and the things that I had learned, and uh, when I went into education and started researching it, my intent wasn't to start a company. It was to find uh, people who were doing interesting things and, and try to help them out. And I spent a fair amount of time just really talking to as many people as I could from as many backgrounds as I could. So, you know, everything from for and nonprofit funders to school leaders from progressive schools and traditional schools and, you know, district and, and uh, uh, charter and private schools and talking to ed tech CEOs. And, and what I became really interested in was this idea that, you know, schools that we, we've got this set of progressive schools today, a very small number that, that are doing some pretty amazing things. And yet that's a small number. And, and my goal was really about equity and like, how do we have better 
a better school for, for most kids. And so instead of asking what's possible in school, I began to wonder, you know, what prevents traditional schools from iterating and from improving in larger ways? And, and you know, one of the things I discovered right away is that, you know, any school can implement ed tech or, or, you know, curriculum software in the classroom. That's clearly not the difference between a really good school and a not good school. And what I kept finding was that the, the kind of changes that we all hope that uh, for in our schools are often the kind of changes that teachers don't have the power to make. I mean, teachers are obviously one of the most important aspects of a good education uh, in terms of their instructional quality and the relationships that they develop with their students. But teachers can't decide who is in what classroom and who gets paired together and whether students are tracked and whether that teacher has time to collaborate with others or, you know, just a, a huge number of decisions. And so I just kept narrowing in on sort of where is the greatest leverage for change, given especially where, where people don't seem to be looking. And not only, you know, before it was scheduling, it was the principal. It was just a question of, wow, there's this role, the principal, that has so much power over the school. And yet it's such a difficult job because they have so little help. They're expected to do so much. And I think it was just through that process of trying to understand what, what really happened. How does the school structure get set that I discovered this, this huge area of master scheduling? And it's amazing to me that so few people in education really have ever heard of. And yet to, you know, the degree to which the master schedule is the blueprint of a school. And if you go to a principal and say, I want you to change something structurally about the school, the first, you know, question is, how do I make that work in my master schedule? And that's exactly. not an easy, yeah, it's not an easy question because if you're going to add some new flex period, for example, you got to figure out how to make that work with the time and resources you have. And that's no easy task. And I just well, felt a lot of, go on. Sorry to interrupt. Not only is it not a very easy question to answer, but it's also the wrong question to answer. We shouldn't determine whether or not we're going to do something that's good for <laughs> kids on whether or not it can fit into our master schedule, right? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But I understand that at the same time, you know, when I looked at, again, if you go to some more progressive schools, they're taking a lot of risks in trying to understand these new models without, you know, software or, or ways of like making sure that it's all going to work. They'll do a bunch of crazy spreadsheets and try things. And that's just too high a barrier. I mean, if you're going to implement a flex model or if you're going to uh, implement anything new, you do have to be able to answer the question, you know, how does this impact my special ed kids or ELL kids? How does this impact my teacher equity or my, you know, the load for teachers? Or do I have the teachers to do it? Those are, I felt, real, genuine questions that I understood uh, why they were asking. And frankly, you know, you look at the complexity of the average uh, school today where you're dealing with so many different student types, you know, students with IEPs and SSTs and 504s and ELL and SPED. And, and you're trying to ask this principal to say, you got to make all this work. You have to make all these rules, uh, you know, all come together. Oh, and on top of that, you should be being more responsive and you should be moving kids around more. And it's just a lot to ask without sort of the, the proper support to be able to do that. So the more I learned about this problem, the more I was incredulous that more hadn't been done to help principals and leadership in this area. And the more I came to appreciate the degree to which improving the tools in this area 
can really have a, an impact on students, teachers, and schools. It has a huge impact, that is for sure. So I want to share just a little bit of, of my story of, of what we did to solve this problem. And it was not an easy thing, but it was definitely worth the effort of doing it. So when I came to Kodiak Middle School, my superintendent said, we really need to have a way for us to meet the needs of, of kids who are struggling. There needs to be remediation. And the best thing we can come up with is to do it after school. And I said, number one, that's not going to work. No kid wants to come to yeah. school all day and be told they're dumb and then stay after school for an hour and be told they're dumb again. So kids are not going to want to come to that. So we got to find a way to do it within the school day. So what we did is we had an advisory period. and We took that advisory period out and we said that's going to be our tutorial period. And that's where kids who need intervention or enrichment can get what they need when they need it. And that was the whole purpose was to make it flexible enough that kids could do it, but not so inflexible that we had, you know, kids going everywhere. We still need to know where kids were and make sure we had were accountable for them. So we actually created software to be able to do that mm-hmm. so that kids could could be scheduled where they needed to be, but we couldn't have it tied into power school because power school was just too unwieldy for us to be flexible with it. You set the schedule at the beginning of the year and then you don't make changes for the whole rest of the year. And that was a real, real challenge for us to actually implement this. Now the growth and results that we've seen because of that have been just phenomenal and absolutely amazing and totally worth it in every way. And it's one of those things where when we in power school said, this is a tutorial period and we just assigned kids and knew they were never going to go to that actual class, but that we were going to have a system that power school said was okay. Then we took them out of that completely, put it in our own software system and were able to, you know, make everything work. So we knew where kids were, kids could choose things. They didn't have to wait on us to assign them like you do also in power school. And so all these different things that allowed for those tier two interventions to happen were just incredibly powerful. I mean, we had kids catching up in grade levels and going in these different exploratory areas that they never would have been able to do. And, you know, it just underscores the importance of a master schedule and the ability of that to drive so many other things in the school. That's awesome. I mean, I, you know, a couple of surprises uh, as I've learned more about this one is there's a lot of attention that gets put on, you know, really progressive charter schools, for example. But we find countless examples of district schools that are doing just as innovative things. There's so much innovation happening in schools across the country that I don't think gets noticed. And a lot of it is what you're describing, where there's a vision for being more responsive to student needs. And and then, you know, you you hack together your own solution to make it work. And, and so we're, we're seeing a lot of that. And in fact, one of the other really surprising things is as we have been loading school schedules from PowerSchool and other SIS uh, systems, the degree to which the data that is in a student information system is just incorrect because schools are being forced to kind of lie to their <laughs> internal systems to be able to, uh, because it can't represent the kind of complexity that they want in their school. And maybe that's, you know, that they're moving their kids around more frequently Maybe it's just that they have a a schedule that's too complex to represent in their SIS. So that's been another amazing thing, the degree to which, you know, the the truth about where students and teachers are isn't even in the SIS 
most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And th- and that was very much a problem that we still have that we choose to have Yeah, because we know we have to look in a different place to find where the kids are, but it's totally worth it so that we can do that other thing that it allows us to do. There are a lot of principals in this country who don't have the resources or maybe are, are more risk tolerant and aren't going to build their own flex time software, for example. So I commend you for that, but that's too high a barrier for most yeah. people. And so that's obviously why we're here saying, God, it, it shouldn't be this hard uh, if you want to do something as simple as, look, I want to be I offer more student choice and I want an advisory period or tutorial period that that has more flexibility. Like it shouldn't be that hard to do that. Yeah, it shouldn't be in theory, but, <laughs> but theory. it is with the, it is. With the systems that we have. Yeah. yeah so talk a little bit about ABLE and what that allows for us to do. You, We keep hinting around it, but let's actually yeah. get into it and talk about what it actually does. Great. So right now we are trying to start on the just core heart of master scheduling so that the process, you know, that you, you may start in January or March of trying to figure out, you know, take in your course requests and figure out how many, what courses you're offering and how many sections of each and what teachers are teaching each and when those will be scheduled and figuring out your class composition. And so all of that stuff is the stuff we're working on right now with a, a set of about a dozen pilot schools. But our aspiration is to go a lot broader than that because our belief is that what you're describing with flex time in many ways is just more rapid master scheduling. And the more we talk to schools, the more we realize this idea that you're going to do, you know, four to six months of master scheduling in the spring and then you're done for the year isn't really doing the students or the school any justice. And so we're working on essentially allowing you to build the master schedule in our tool, but then operationalize it day to day. So that may mean how you manage your specialists or, you know, scheduling observations or dealing with um, new students or teachers that are coming and going or flex periods, or, or just the ability to, to be more dynamic and flexible about, you know, where everybody's going and when. So, but we're, where we're starting right now, the product that we're going to be uh, launching in July at the National Principals Conference is a, a master scheduling product that should work for the vast majority of, of uh, schools, traditional schools. Well, that's, that's pretty exciting to think that that is, <laughs> that it's there. And at that point, I think, you know, anything could be an improvement on the systems that I've used and they are just so inflexible and not dynamic. So talk a little bit about how you operationalize that into the day to day. What does that actually look like? Cause that I think is a really important feature. Sure. Well, even backing up a step because, you know, uh, in terms of what makes a system like this dynamic or flexible in looking at what was happening in, in schools, you know, partner schools and other schools, it's very obvious that there are multiple steps of this process that today are being done totally disconnected. You know, you've got one step where you're taking your course request and you're trying to calculate the number of sections that you're going to need, you know, per course. You have another step where you're building a conflict matrix to try to understand, you know, where there's going to be high conflict. You have another step where you're doing your placement board and you're trying to figure out what classes are going to happen at the same time and trying to find you know, opportunities for uh, uh, collaboration or whatnot. And then you have another step where you put it in your SIS and you, you do the student tumble and it schedules the students. And, and that a really big part of this process is because each of these steps is currently disconnected, there's no feedback. You know, you could be on an early step uh, where you're just calculating the number of sections you need, 
but really you need to know how it's going to get scheduled in order to do that. Or, you know, you could be on your placement board trying to figure out what classes are at the same time, but until you get the students scheduled, you don't know if that'll work or not. And there's just, there's no way to go back and forth and there's no feedback. So a big piece of this is just creating a unified system that handles that end-to-end process such that you can go back and forth. So you can either because you're doing it in pieces, you're saying, I want to do this department first or whatnot, or more likely it's because there's just so much information that you're, you're sort of learning as you go. You're, you know, you're, you've taken your course requests, you're figuring out at a baseline the number of sections you need per course, you're figuring out your, your, how many staff you need, you're adjusting that as you go. But even while you're doing that, you might be thinking, you know, I've got a, a high number of, of ELL students and I've got a couple of teachers I know are particularly suited for that. So even while I'm calculating my FTE and sections, I might start locking some special, uh, some ELL students in this class with this teacher. And then when you get to the placement board, it's all there and you can start moving things around, clicking in saying, oh, I know I made the decision, but I'm going to move this teacher here or I'm going to swap these teachers or I'm, oh, I want to create a, a, a you know, a, a PLC period that has these three teachers locked in. And when I move it around, I want them all locked in. And I want to bring up different teachers at a time and compare their schedules and, and see what's possible. And I want to schedule students while that's happening and see what the conflicts will be while I'm moving things around so I don't have to like build the placement board only to have my SAS tell me that only 60% of the students could get scheduled. So just from a, a one-stop shop sort of flexibility standpoint, having all the data in one place where you can literally jump around and say, okay, I want to place this English, you know, one section, but look, there's a bunch of conflicts that'll be in this. Okay, can I look at those conflicts? Oh, it's this student, you know, oh, they have these other course requests. I can move them to a different class. Like you can do it all at the same time. So that's just in the master scheduling. On the day-to-day <laughs> side, what it means. <laughs> now, hold on, hold, that, sure. hold on a sec. You said that's just the master scheduling, but what you're talking about is a big deal because I've been through this multiple years in a row and it is always an awful experience because I do have to do them disconnectedly. So what you're saying is, so my struggle has been, how do I build the magnet board digitally? And right. that's cool. But if it's still not connected and I don't see the cascading effects of making a change, then it never it never does anything. Right. And so, right. Like, even if it's electric, electronic, excuse me, <laughs> yeah. even if it's digital, then I still don't have the effects of what happens when I change that. Right. It just takes so many more steps and is so difficult. So you're you're answering a very real problem that any secondary, at least school administrator has dealt with. And that is a powerful thing. Now, I don't know if you get excited about master scheduling, but being able to have something that works how he's describing is very exciting. I would also look forward to next week when I continue my conversation with him, when we talk about the live day-to-day kinds of things that you can use this system for. So hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. Please share this with somebody who is also experiencing headaches with master scheduling because <laughs> I know there's a lot of us out there. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE 
to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash B-E. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.